Hello, and welcome to Past the Pod Tier Witcher. I'm your co-host, Dov. I'm your co-host, Aaron. And I'm your co-host, Max. And today we're discussing part two of chapter six of the first Witcher novel, Blood of Elves. Um, to pick up from... Yeah, yeah, like, to pick up where we left off, this is a very long chapter, so we split it into two. Um. Yeah, um, not just long, but the, the first segment of it, the, the, the Council of the Kings, is um, there's a lot going on there, so it just merited a little bit more discussion. And the chapter itself really should have been two chapters, because, like, that whole first section is the kings and Neve are having a council, and then, like, the rest of the chapter is, like, a reaction to that, basically. So, like, they... they, they but doesn't like it is it really feels like two chapters um to put in context how it starts so basically siri awakens from a sort of vision um and her nose is all stuffed up with blood and sort of she's had a dream seeing Geralt and everything like that and we sort of have allusions to dandelion doing something and talking with philippa so it kind of just suddenly whisks her world away She's she's seeing Geralt and um, Philippa and Dandelion and Shani um, walking down a rainy Oxenford alleyway to uh, to like some like 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 you know a fucking herbalist's house. Um, like Siri thinks it's some sort of dream and goes, you know, that's quite a weird dream. Um, Pity I woke up and wanted to see what what happens next. Um, and she hears um, she hears Nenica arguing in the next room. We this is actually the first time we've seen Nenica since the short stories um, like reappear. She's still alive. She's she's clearly still priestessing at <laughs> at the at the Elander Temple of Melitoli. Um, and she hears her arguing with Yennefer. Yes, she's Which accusing Yennefer of really having no heart um, and of torturing the child mercilessly. <sighs> so, that's that's something. To what Yennefer is actually apparently unable to answer, especially loudly in her typical way, like, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. And then, of course, Siri has another vision slash dream where Yennefer is leading her down a dark corridor, um, like, um, in some sort of mist, you know, that, that like, up to some sort of door. Um, um, uh- Siri is being led to a doorway um, by um, Yennefer by the hand in this vision. And she both wants to enter it, but can't, but has to, but doesn't want to. And it's all sort of mysterious. Yes, no, like, so, so, like, so, like, you know, like, there's, there's this door she can't open, but she has to. Um, and that, you know, there's, there's, it's clearly, clearly, like, uh, you know, some sort of, um, really fucking metaphor, allegorical dream for, like, like, like learning like magic or something. Like that lies inside her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so... Um, yeah, so she's having this, this vision of being led to the door by Yennefer and, and being afraid and trying to pull away and, and Yennefer dragging her forward um, and, and in the dream series feeling like betrayed and, and deceived um, and feeling like she's a, like a puppet on a string and that she doesn't have any control of what's what's happening. Um, and uh, oh, I think there's something important that we have to highlight here. Because this phrase keeps coming up over and over and over again, both with her trying to access magic and then later in the in the chapter is, you know, she's having sort of dialogue with Dream Jennifer about about turning back um, and, you know, whether she has time to turn back, uh, whether it's too late. And then um, as she approaches the door, she has sort of um, a recollection that that is of, of the time when she was captured by... Um, well, we talked about it in the first half of the chapter, 
his name's Kahir, the 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 um Nilfgaardian knight. She has sort of a, a a memory of sort of the clatter of hooves, black armor, um, the fluttering wings of a bird of prey. Um, and then here's a voice boring into her skull saying, You've made a mistake, you mistook the stars reflected in the surface of the lake at night for the heavens, and, and then she wakes. Yeah, we we that phrase is a yeah. motif, really. It just comes up a lot in a lot of a stories lot. <laughs> yeah um, which is interesting um mm-hmm. it's clearly very deliberate it's not something mm-hmm. that naturally um no it's a very odd a phrase. phrase yeah mm. is that an art is is it like an artifact maybe of the translation or is it just a very deliberate choice dove do you think um what, what is sorry i kind of missed that <laughs> how odd the phrasing of you mistook the stars reflected in the surface of the lake at night for the heavens like it's just a it's just an odd sentence structure. Yeah, I mean, it's like well, awkward. Like, it's... is it as awkward and odd in Lithuanian as it is in English, or is it like an artifact of the translation? I, I, it's not. It's not especially awkward in Lithuanian. Like, like, but I can see exactly what you mean in English. I think that's a. Uh, it's an artifact of translation in the sense that it's a bad translation <laughs> <laughs> like like more than like that they fail to get across a point because like the, the the point is that that you are mistaking like the surface of the lake for the night sky mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like you, you're mistaking the you, like you're you're mistaking um the surface of the lake in which stars are reflected at night yeah. for the night sky you're falling yeah. for a mirage basically yeah yeah like which I mean, I, I don't know much about, like, Polish sayings, but I'm pretty sure Sapkowski made that, that saying up himself. Um, like Yeah, it could just yeah. be a writer is quite impressed with his turn of phrase and is using it a lot. Yeah, yeah um, and that's, like, like, what I was wondering is if he was trying to make something that sounded like a proverb but was not one in, in use I, to make I, it clear that it's never, unique. <laughs> I had never heard of this of this proverb in Lithuanian before. Mm. Mm. Um, but it's clearly a literal translation if it's the same in both English and Lithuanian. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It might be a proverb in Polish before this book, but like, but also it does kind of sound like just like a very scathing insult that Sapkowski would make up. So like, yeah, <laughs> um, like 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 like. But I I agree that like the phrasing in the English is a bit weird. Um, but I think that's mostly just because it's kind of not a very good translation, generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a pretty shonky translation. It's it's a bit machine translated, um, <laughs> shall we say? Sometimes it feels a bit Google Translate, but you know, a smart Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but if you're asking me if specifically if like that translation accurately reflects what it was meant to be, then. Yes, it's just a natural side to get away. Right. Okay, yeah. So I think I think sort of the broader question was like whether or not he'd intentionally written something that sounds very weird, rather than like you could you could very simply oh, yeah, well, say yeah yeah you I could, can't say that yeah. without without having a look at the original Polish. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I couldn't say that even if I had a look at the original Polish because I don't speak Polish. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, we were just hoping we were just hoping because as you say, sometimes the Lithuanian translation's a little bit better. But... Um. So yeah. Th- the intent was clearly exactly what it appeared yeah. as. It's just yeah. I can't say that it was less awkward than the original Polish. Frankly, it's a long proverb even in Lithuanian. So like, like, yeah, like, 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 it's not exactly snappy, is it? <laughs> no, no, and like, so okay, it's so like look. it's like when your villain loves monologuing so much that even their insults are kind well, of that's a, what I'm getting a, at. A tidy monologue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, shrug. For what's worth. 
I do like I I do like the phrase. Just it's not yeah. exactly a snappy insult, is it? Yeah. Right? Like it's yeah. It's, I was just basically roundabout. Yeah. It's it's the sort of insult that like so one of those villains who is given like five minutes by the hero to monologue in a film like mm-hmm. would <laughs> yeah would make up. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm basically always trying to say in a like roundabout ways like like. Like, how obviously are we supposed to notice that this is something Vilgaport says a lot? <laughs> well, I think I think yeah. quite obviously, because <laughs> yeah. in just a little bit, yeah. we have a section where Vilgaport says with, it. With Vilgaport, <laughs> where Vilgaport says that. Yeah. Um, Alright. Anyway, carrying on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Siri wakes up, and uh, as opposed to uh, the way Yennefer's just been accused of having no heart by Nenica, um, she's, she's sitting with she's sitting with Siri, um, when when Siri wakes up and Siri has you know a, a, a comp- fresh compress on her head and and is coming to um, and Siri tries to tell um, Yen that she's had a dream but Yen sort of already knows um, and then it kind of just cuts to what uh, Geralt and Dandelion are up to cuts to the other gang yeah yeah which is I guess what Siri was dreaming about in the first place but. Mm. Hey, they're outside. They they've, they're trying to go to this um, quack's house, basically. Um, a quack doctor, um, or a fraud charlatan, etc. Who um, Shani has, you know, said previously. Oh, I know how to get to Reince, and clearly this is they're going to this person called Merman um, to try and get the information out of him. But he lives in a weird sort of floating keep sort of thing that they're trying to figure out how to get to. Um, and of course, a big old grey owl swoops down. And turns into Philippa. And yeah, it's Philippa's being Philippa. Yes. Um, yeah. That is true. Philippa, get a Philippa. Um. She, she Philippa's. <laughs> she's, 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 very, she's very unkind about Oxenfurt weather. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, yeah, so they arrive at um, the, the, the charlatan's house. So Shani has explained that um, she sells him um, medications sometimes to fund her tuition. Um, and um, that's how... She... Everyone's gonna have a grift. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. Yeah. <laughs> tuition is brutal. <laughs> I like, I have a lot of respect like, for Shani. tuition in particular must be, must have been harsh, right? Well, it's like, not like there's financial like... aid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was patronage, it's... basically, most of the time. Yeah. So you know what? I respect Shani's hustle. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. paying her way through through medical school with without help from, without much help from her parents. Good job, Shani. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We stand. We stand. <laughs> if you are a hard-working student listener, we stand you. Go- well done. You know, like and she's only seventeen. Remember as well. Um, yeah. She's got some entrepreneurial spirit. She sure does. Yeah. Like, 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 like. You know, it's admirable. Like, yeah. she'll go far. Like, I think she's got a bright future in academia. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. So they get um. There's a drawbridge, and basically Philippa deals with that. Um, and there, there's a big bell going off, and you know Merman comes out through a tiny window and has a look. And it's like, who are you? What are you doing here? And Shani sort of explains, well, I've come here with a friend at night because 
you know, would you have me walking through the streets on my own as a little damsel? Um, obviously, <laughs> I'm going to bring a friend and, you know, I'm coming at night because, you know, I'm worried about getting caught. And then so sort of he lets him in and then he gets punched in the head by Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and the turn of phrase is wonderful here because you know it says um i can't find um yeah although the night was dark the moon was new and the sky overcast he suddenly saw ten thousand dazzlingly bright stars which is just a (laughs) wonderful sentence it really is yeah i mean uh sapak knows his way around uh, (laughs) an image (laughs) um and then we cut to another scene. There's a lot of kind of jumping around in this mm. kind of second half of the chapter. Um, so we we cut to um, Rience trying to hire himself some assassins. He is hiring the apparently famous Michelet brothers. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. He's, he's getting them to do his dirty work. And, you know, sort of they're saying, okay, you're paying us this amount to kill some man who you know is wandering about on his own and nobody's going to track him down and he's this insignificant and you're offering us this rate no we're going to take twice as much because they obviously figure that he's not just a nobody he is someone who can look after himself so like give us 200 you know (laughs) (laughs) non-consecutive unmarked bills Yeah, because, like, yeah, they keep trying to, like, reinforce, like, you're sure this is an ordinary common fool, like, um, an ordinary dance. Like, they're really trying to, like, kind of needle Rance that, like, like, there's no way this is what you say it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, uh, as you say, they ask for, for, for 200, which is twice what Rance had offered, um, and Rance immediately agrees without even without even pausing a beat which um which makes them even more nervous yeah, yeah. and so then we cut back again from this little interstitial to um yeah. the old fraud as he is referred to getting interrogated uh, so they can figure out where Reince is and you know it's you know Geralt threatens to sort of kick nine bells out of him but then simply <laughs> Philippa kneels down and suddenly you know, they realise, oh, she's a magician. Why are we bothering threatening violence against him when she could, you know, turn him inside out? Yes, though, oh my gosh. Um, it, like, his internal monologue when Geralt's, like, basically threatening to cut bits off until he tells them where Rience is, it's just like, um, oh, one ear, one ear, I'll endure him. <laughs> I'll have to endure one ear. He's basically just like bargaining with himself that he's gonna let Carol cut off one of his ears before he tells, so that it looks like he held out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like holy shit. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, but 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 basically, yeah. Philippa just sort of was like, "Why are you messing about? I can make him talk so fast. He can bite off his own tongue." Um. So yeah. Um. That it, it it cuts again, and we are um, with Vilgefortz. We are with the we're with Vilgefortz and um, some of the Brotherhood. A couple, yeah, yeah, yeah Tisea and Terra Nova and Vilgefortz just sort of doing what magicians do, just conspiring, Scheming. and getting up to no good. <laughs> They're discussing. They're discussing the recent summit of the kings, and uh, uh, which they've been somehow informed about, which is quite interesting. Um, it's, it's if if everyone remembers us discussing this in the previous episode, <laughs> like um, <laughs> fucking Emir earlier in this chapter said that, um, like you know, said to make sure that the wizards get uh, knowledge. Of the king's summit. 
I hadn't remembered that, so uh, <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you two did. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a long lockdown. Object permanence apparently is one of <laughs> one of the skills I've lost. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> yes, so we know that it was sort of Amir's intention that the uh, the the wizards would find out about about the council, um, and that is what has happened, and they're discussing what to do about it. I am I am double checking now just to be sure that that's correct. <laughs> I mean, we both remembered it, so I would hope it is. Because just because Bags did it, like now I'm doubting you. <laughs> sometimes remembers things better than us. That is to say that things weren't actually there. I have a, a very haphazard memory. Um, you know, I can remember the scorers of a football game in 2008, 2009 in the stadium I was in, but I can't remember what I had for dinner two days ago. Um, Look, I'm literally never sure what my wedding anniversary is. I know it's the 30th or 31st of August, but I can never remember which one it is. Yeah, I'm, so. I'm the same with my parents' anniversary and my dad's birthday. They're like one or two days apart, and I can just never remember which is which. I just, <laughs> every year I ask my dad. But, but, but to be fair... He can't remember my birthday either, so I feel it cancels each other out. <laughs> um, yeah, they just... So in this discussion between them, they sort of decide to get a drink and go and have a chat in another room. Which seems to be, um, go, oh, we need to, you know, st- seriously work out what to do about all these kings doing their kingly thing. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. Um... There's some, there's some like quite dis- interesting slash distressing moments here. Like, um, for instance, um, uh, we find out that Volga Fortz's assistant is a girl named Lydia van Bredervoort, um, who... who has a face that is half destroyed and therefore covered with, uh, with an illusion, yeah. um, so that people and communicates exclusively telepathically, so that people, when they see it, as the book tactfully puts it, don't faint. Yes. And it was at Vilka Fortz's yeah. recommendation that she participate in the experiment that blew off half of her face and yeah. mutated her vocal yeah. cords. Um, and, and she's in love with him, hopelessly, yes. and he knows, but he's just sort of not doing anything about it, and it's sort of it's yeah, described as mutually actually... beneficial for them never to act on it. It's yeah. it's low key it's a low key distressing paragraph because it makes it out it makes it sound like he's almost taking advantage of the fact that she's in love with him. Mm. Yeah, it's but... kind of weird because they try to phrase like there's a the attempt at phrasing it as like you know some people had advised him to just make her his lover and like bind her even closer to him and he was too proud to do that and it's like okay but like this is bad either either way like it's just bad. Belgafort is cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial opinion. Belgafort so far not a great dude. <laughs> Yeah, um, Velga is, uh, mm, yeah, I mean, it, it, the show is very hot okay, and very... Okay, 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 so, like, so, right, probably worth saying here before we accidentally spoil ourselves. Dear listeners, there is, there are multiple reasons why, due to related things that happen fucking later in the books, like, we're not massive fans of this guy, <laughs> and that's probably going to shine through in, like, how we talk about him here. Yeah. In <laughs> but... fairness... In fairness, I think I think it's important to say that here, just because, to be totally honest, in this scene, while he's a bit of a dick, we're probably going to like 
think his like uh, because we already know that he's even more of a dick than he appears here we're not going to be especially fair to him <laughs> now so if it sounds like we're being unreasonable it's because we know he's an arsehole from yes material later. you might not be familiar with here's the thing that i will say in fairness of us acting like this already we are assuming that everyone who's gotten this far in the podcast has watched the show and he does yes. totally just stave yes. some innocent dude's head in for no good reason in the show. So, yeah, yes, I mean, <laughs> some weird ass blood magic thing. Like, yeah, yes. yeah. he is. I mean, he's <laughs> a very cool, very handsome character in the TV show, and is a total badass. But he's a total dick. So, yeah. you know, you're. But all that said, but all that said, it's also worth noting that like our intense hatred for this guy is going to shine through. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but um. Um, so there, there's a few interesting things, as I say, like, first of all, as we've discussed, uh, there's the Lydia relationship, which is, um, morally dubious, um, because it does sound like he's basically just permanently keeping a talented young uh, mage as his assistant, because she's in love with him, mm. and yes. won't leave otherwise. Um, yes. Um, but, and also, like, they, they, they discuss the politics of the kings, though admittedly, like, it, Loki, nothing kind of happens other than that they that they like the, the Tissaia, Vilgefortz, and Terranova do agree that um, the 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 discussed punitive expeditions um, against Scoia'tael and their uh, purported supporters among among non-humans are fucked up. Uh, so that's positive. They're they're at least agree mm. that mass racism is not great. They only agree um, with that after Tissaia kind of calls Vilgefortz out for Vilgefortz saying, "Ah, we're gonna do nothing." And Tissaia is like, "Really, really? You want to tell yes. the like elves that are in the Brotherhood that we're just gonna do fucking nothing?" And that's sort of when he changes his tune. Yes. Um, <laughs> and what is interesting is also like, of course, that Tissaia does seem to. Um, say this um, in like almost as a test to him like mm-hmm. like because yeah he initially says we're not going to do anything about the 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 kings um this is also where where he says the line that Siri sees in her vision the line that we saw that we also heard said early earlier in the book in a in a in a vision where he once again says you're confusing the surface of a lake are you confusing the heavens with the surface of a lake where the stars that the stars are reflected mm-hmm. um like um when Terranova basically like quite angrily snaps at him that like wait do you, do you mean that like we're just going to dance to the tune that they play for us um and, yes. uh, and that's when to say calls him out uh goes you know like 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 wait but are you just gonna let you know like the persecution of elves continue like as was that we're gonna just tell the 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 the, uh, the mages the, the elven mages and the brotherhood like and um uh like that that's that's kind of like when to say like notes like uh like like you are a you are a like like she's she's thinking you are a like gambler you you've you've realized like just from like the sound of the um dice rolling like how how like what the result will be like you're going to change your tactic you're gonna uh you're gonna like play a slightly different tune now and then mm-hmm. he of course at, at least agrees that the 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 f the cleansing is maybe loki overkill um, <laughs> like but um yeah. and that and that's also when he agrees to call um a convention of the brotherhood um i mean they're like, fundamentally academics and what do academics love conferences um, <laughs> sure do yes, <laughs> yes they really do <laughs> um, 
like 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 and um it's it's kind of interesting because like uh, like 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 what um like like the, the 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 main interesting thing that is going on here is that uh, um, a Vilgefort seems to be the main recipient of um, like uh, you know any information that, for instance, say Nilfgaard wants to end up at the, in the Brotherhood's hands. Um, and second of all, as Tessia notes when she examines the equipment in his lab, like he seems to be examining the examining Ifleen's prophecy and looking for Yennefer. Um, and is also looking at a book about the the elder blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so not that down. Yeah, so we yeah. That down. <laughs> also, hey, they said the title of the book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, because they go to go the elder blood, the blood of elves. Yes. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> there, they said it. Me doing the Leonardo like... DiCaprio pointing at my computer screen, reading the ebook thing. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> um. um and uh and there's 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 Vilgefort is clearly interested in how Yennefer is doing he even brings up Geralt like by mentioning that like oh I'm just w- wondering about her about uh, I'm as as a member of the chapter I'm just wondering about the member me- mental state of one of the brotherhood because she used to be you know like close to this one witcher and there's rumors that he's dead um and, yes. Uh, um, Tessia writes that off quite quickly. Um, Tessia and Teradova both, for different reasons, write it off quite quickly. Um, like uh, he also at one point, um, like 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 um, um, you know, like 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 uh, Tessia. Sorry, uh, Tessia at one point says to him, like like um, if you want to reach Yennefer, like I, I I really like this line. Just write her a simple letter. She always gets them and always replies. I'm just like. <laughs> I love the I love the fact that like Yennefer ha- like has a calling card like like for like being basically unreachable except if you simply write her a letter. <laughs> Snail mail waves. <laughs> but um, I think one of the things that's really interesting about this chapter, just with all of this about Tessaia, Tessaia and Vilgefortz, is actually this is this is where we meet Tessaia, who obviously is a very important character in the in the show, is sort of in and out of of the books but um i think like the characterization we get out of Tessaia is really interesting um we get sort of her um the idea of, of how she's very very meticulous um when you're sort of into Tessaia's head through this chapter it's just this constant like um meticulousness both in terms of how she's observing the flow of the conversation observing the tone of Vilgefortz's voice observing um the like most minute sort of twitches um to be able to read into him that he sort of is a bit jumpy when Yennefer is mentioned but then also like taking that meticulousness to the point of like constantly rearranging her like sleeves and rings so that everything is like perfectly balanced and to the point that she observes other people kind of looking at her and sort of judging her for her um insistence on order um so i think that's like some interesting sort of characterization for Tessaia. we also get that she is yeah she's she's um, what's the word defined what archmage is but she got we get we're told that she is an archmage and that she's capable of sort of penetrating the um protective spells that Vilgefortz has put around his equipment so that she can see the kind of uh, but yeah, so she's capable of, um, without Vilgefortz noticing, apparently, of penetrating the, 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 the spells that he's put to protect the, the equipment he's using for the tracing spell and the uh, books that he has out um, to see what's there. Um, so she's a very powerful mage. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, 
the we then after this discussion um cut back to Geralt and the lads again <laughs> he's, uh, he's had he's had a uh, a sup of i think it's cat that he's drank here so he's able to like see and then that is described how he's able his visions improving so he can see at night and his hearing is improving um and so he's much more aware of everything that's going on with him as they're leaving and um, it's just pretty funny the way it's described as well. Like the sounds increased, grew louder. He now made out the obscene cries of the carousing songs, learned the name of a moaning woman's lover. <laughs> pretty funny little details. Uh, <laughs> uh, it 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 wouldn't it wouldn't be sapic if there hadn't been if, yeah. if like Geralt didn't do an exhibitionism like 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 as, as part of a little bit of voyeurism from Geralt yeah yeah sorry the other way <laughs> we also learn what Philip has done to the charlatan because from this far away Geralt can still hear the broken uncoordinated gibberish of the charlatan who'd been put by Philippa Eilhart's treatment into a state of complete and no doubt and no doubt permanent idiocy so Philippa just permanently broke the, broke the charlatan's mind. brain like my god like like, like... The guy was a cunt, but like, like Geralt was just gonna cut his ear off. That sucks, but yeah. like, like you like, get over that's it. Normal t- that, that's that's normal interrogation techniques, right? That's not insane. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she, like, she's just like like no, not to normalize cutting people's ears off or anything. Cancelled. Like, but, but like, but like, but like, but like, I almost understand it. Like, on a, on a, on a, on a, you know, like, 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 Geralt doesn't have, like, very good boundaries, um, level. Like, whereas, 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 like, 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 fucking Philippa just goes, yeah, I'm just gonna break his mind. Permanently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell, Philippa. <laughs> yeah. She's a stone cold lady. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Reince turns up, um, because they've Indeed used he does. <laughs> they used an amulet um, that you know Marmon used to call Reince, but you know Reince says it's, it both calls and sort of warns. So he's going, "Aha, Geralt, you've fallen into my trap." Even though sort of Geralt knew that was going to happen anyway. Um, it's, it's like, ah, I placed many of these amulets in the world. I knew you'd find one of them eventually. Um, and the four mercenaries turn up, trying to be sneaky, but because Geralt's taken his super superboy potion he's able to tell where they are <laughs> and yeah there's another scrap basically <laughs> there's a magical yeah. scrap indeed um yeah so basically there's the the, the four michelle brothers are coming for Geralt, and Rian thinks he's just going to watch Geralt die but of course Geralt is Geralt, and even though they are professionals and apparently famous assassins and work, you know, well in pairs and yada yada. Geralt just ends them, basically. It's pretty brutal. He dispatches them to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. after he's sort of cut them to pieces, uh, Philippa sort of tries to get some information out of one of them by kneeling next to him as he's choking oh, on his own blood. Before before we get to that, it's probably worth emphasizing that uh, that uh, before the fight breaks out, Rians makes a very big mistake. Um... Which is, he says to Geralt um, this, Although I'm going to tell you something else that you should think about on the way to hell. I know where the bastard that you're, that, that you're so intended on protecting is, and I know where your witch, Yennefer, is. Like, to those like who um, are paying me, like the, that, that girl doesn't matter, but I have personal like 
uh, scores to settle with her. And when I've dealt with you, I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with her too. And she's going to regret those tricks with the fire. Like she will regret them for a long time. And Geralt just says, "You did not. You should not have said that because before then you had a chance to stay alive. Now you don't." Yeah. Uh, he, 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 yeah. <laughs> Rance is such a fucking idiot. Not just because he's intentionally he's pissed Geralt off by mentioning Siri and Yennefer, but because we know that Rance is supposed to be looking for Siri, and he is so fucking stupid that he knows he just where the tells him bas- that. <laughs> but like, 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 does Rienz but... actually know Siri is Siri, or does he so so fucking stupid that he just thinks, "Oh, I'm supposed to be looking for a girl." Also, there's this other girl who is just a little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, no, I do think he means Siri. Yeah. Okay. Because well, if he hadn't, that's the thing. He would have just revealed to Geralt what his yeah. mission was. <laughs> He's so fucking stupid. Like, 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 like he's he is very dumb. Like, like, like that. Like he's openly admitting that his mission is to find Siri. But like, yeah. one Geralt kind of already knows that because like yeah. Rian's like basically gave the game away when he was interrogating Dandelion. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, no, I I do think Rian's is referring to Siri. Like, I don't okay. understand why a he says it that way. <laughs> why? In in what way? It just seems weird to refer to Siri as a little bastard. It's just like a weird phrasing. That's all. Eh. Yeah, cause the, like, the thing is, yeah, technically the bastard can be like you know, um, any gender of offspring, but it's typically used Game in a male Thrones sense. And you forget that like bastard is sometimes used as just an insult rather than a yeah, <laughs> yeah, than yeah. a literal term. <laughs> Clearly, mind broken by Game of Thrones. I'm pretty sure he just means this as just a way to insult Siri. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, but like, which, which, to be clear, like, I mean, Rians is still really, really stupid because, like, he, he, he keeps just saying, like, like, for someone who should, like, you know, understand the um, importance of secrecy in this entire mission, Rians constantly demonstrates, like, like, like this, this, this inability to just not say things. Like, I mean, okay, yes, Geralt knows that he's looking for Ciri because he had um, interrogated Dandelion about her, yes, but Rians doesn't automatically know how much Geralt knows of what happened between him and Dandel. Yeah. But he's still he's still acting like he can just talk about his mission. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna fight Siri and Yennefer, then I'm gonna kill Yennefer and you know, like, it's all gonna be great. And it's just like, my dude, <laughs> you're not a very good secret agent. Like, No, he's missing the secret part. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just, you just say things. Like... Yeah. Anyway... So Geralt just yeah cuts these guys to pieces, um, and Rians is useless even at the agent part as much as he is at the secret part, um, because he he's he's a he's a sorcerer who cannot keep his cool enough to you know cast spells under any kind of pressure, and just tries to to run away. Um, I actually actually love like. I just want to I just want to talk here because like, like about like how Rians is a fucking incompetent, right? Like, like, <laughs> like because like 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 because I love that depiction of this goddamn character. Like yes. like, like like um because Well the thing is you don't okay, often so, get villains too, that are incompetent. Often, you, like in, yeah, in the way like, that he is. Too too often too often in fantasy what you essentially see the hero go through is like a variation on like you know the typical like fucking computer rpgs scheme 
of villains in that like every single one of them is competent in their own way and the hero lear- like like as they as they grow from like um usually some random farm boy into like 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 the hero like you know like fine like 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 they 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 progressively beat stronger and stronger people whereas because here we're dealing with Geralt who is already like a powerful you know a powerful witcher a powerful like 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 swordsman and um sign user you know like in his own right like um like you're 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 like you don't have to deal with that scheme you can you can find you can you can include in the story villains who are fundamentally not that challenging for the protagonists because <laughs> the protagonists are more powerful than them like yeah. like like Rience is very intimidating, very dangerous to somebody like Dandelion, mm-hmm. but he is nothing against a Yennefer or a Geralt. And 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 I kinda love that. I I love that like that like um not every villain in the Witcher is seen as an achievement the hero must beat. Sometimes they're just an annoying obstacle that keeps getting in the way. <laughs> yes, like, and like it a is... pest. He's a bit team is... rocket. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Team Rocket of the Witcher. Yes! (laughs) Reeves blasting off again. (laughs) He literally does. He runs off into a portal. (laughs) Agent Reese is portaling off again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. He port a bit. He has the fight, and then a portal opens up. That's clearly Geralt senses it's very powerful, and um, so there's magic coming from somewhere else. And then Reince uses the magic from this portal to sort of, when he's getting the shit kicked out of him by Geralt, sort of push Geralt away with spikes. But then, just as Geralt's going to try and finish him off, Philippa pulls him back, and he portals away. Yeah, yeah, because it, it it looked very much like Geralt probably could have reached Rience before he reached the portal, because Rience was, like, crawling, but Philippa has used her magic to, to pull him back, and Geralt is furious. Yeah, also, we probably should say that, like, in the interval, while Geralt was beating the shit out of Rience, um, Philippa was um, beside Tublan Michelet, like, um, and, you know, like, 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 interrogated him about, like, as he was dying, about who introduced the Michelet brothers to Rience, um, and involved them in this, um, mm-hmm. and we're not explicitly told, but Tublan tells her just before he dies. Yeah. Uh, and by he dies, we mean Philippa sticks her dagger into his temple. Which is at least a painless way to go, if you're going to go by anyway. It's probably not a spoiler to say that the fact that um, the Vilgefort sequence ended with Vilgefort's being told, um, like, 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 Geralt is alive, and him going, really? Um, while point while while looking over at a letter he had received, I don't think so. Is probably linked to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would say, look, man, if you watch the show, you know Vilgaport is not a good dude. <laughs> I'm gonna say that like that's probably got something to do with this situation, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 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 far, our evidence is one: the show. He's not a good dude. Two, we've twice in creepy visions and series had heard the thing that he says is an insult. Three, the letter. <laughs> Four, he's in contact with Nilfgaard. Yeah, just just put it together. <laughs> there, there is evidence this guy is gonna be bad, isn't it, guys? Like, like you know. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and to say a whose head we get to be in, which is usually a sign it's a, a, a somewhat of a character on, on on your side of the story, is very suspicious of him and does not like him. So yeah, you don't have you to know. be Sherlock Batman to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys say that, but to be to be totally fair, to be totally fair, when I when I initially read this book the very first time, and I I will say it, it's colored by the fact that I was twelve. <laughs> um, uh, like like um uh I, I, I did not grasp that Wilgefortz was due to be a bad, bad dude from like just that section. I grasped yeah. that the say is suspicious of him, because anyone gets that. But mm-hmm. like I, I didn't realize that like uh, I for instance didn't even fully realize like that 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 he's in contact with Rienz by the letter. Huh. I mean my problem is But is again, I, have... I was twelve to be You were fair. twelve. I mean I can't say I picked up on all of this the first time I read it, and that's despite having come into it after watching the show a couple of times, and so knowing that he has that sort of heel turn at the end of the show. So, so yeah. I mean, that's why you listen to a podcast, right? To get all the details. Yeah, this is <laughs> why we're here, guys. We're gonna make all the twists sound at least a little bit less surprising. <laughs> Sorry, you shouldn't have listened to this before all you read all the books. <laughs> if we're doing our best not to say anything that isn't in the available evidence, shall we say? Yes. Yes. But we are absolutely pointing you things out that, like, you might have well not noticed the first time yes. you were reading. Indeed. <laughs> and for that, I am sorry. <laughs> um. Yes. So. So. So back to the the the, the live action. Um. So yes, Philippa has restrained Geralt with her magic, which Rance gave Rance time to crawl to the to the portal um, and escape. Um, and not Geralt great, is cancelled. Sorry. Not great, Philippa. Cancelled. Cancelled. <laughs> uh, Geralt is furious. So she kind of initially tries to play this off as like he's severely wounded, he's intoxicated, he's bleeding. Um, she needed to restrain him for his own good. Um, but she then gives him a fucking a fucking mini speech about like about where she just goes, "Don't call me a traitor. I did this because I am loyal to another idea, a more serious idea than you can imagine. That idea is unbelievably important. Beside beside it, all other ideas are." But unimportant details, like, that must sometimes be sacrificed. Yes. Okay, Philippa. Well, Geralt calls her out on that immediately and says that her great cause and her choice is, is just, you know, a wounded man stabbed in cold blood once he told you what you wanted to know. Your great cause is Rienz, whom you allowed to escape so that he wouldn't by any chance reveal the name of his patron, which, yeah, um, so that he can go on murdering. Your great cause is the corpses, which did not have to be, um, but they're not corpses, they're minor matters. Yeah, he's furious. Yeah. 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 Understandably yeah. so. Yeah, because, I mean, he's just been told by this guy that he's going to go kill his girlfriend and his kid. So, yeah. Yeah. And Philippa yeah. is just like, nah, great cause. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, which, however, girl, uh, yeah. then 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 Philippa does say something interesting about City, which she says, um, like, this will be important to you and very, very soon. You are, like, a choice awaits you because you are entangled in destiny. You are entangled deeper than you think. You thought you would become a foster parent to a child, a small girl, but you actually um, became a foster parent to a fire, which can at any time, um, like, set a wildfire aflame in the entire world. Our world. Yours and mine and that of other people. Um, and 
like uh, you two ha will have to choose. Like I, like I had to. Like Triss Marigold had to. Like Yennefer had to. Uh, your destiny is in her hands, but sure, you gave her to those hands yourself. Um, which is, I mean. Most of it is just words, like, um, Sapic loves a small monologue about destiny, but, like, I think it's, like, yet another restatement that Ciri is central to this entire problem, and why Philippa is involved here is also related to Ciri. Uh, yes, so we've got kind of a handful of things to put together about Ciri from the last few chapters, right? Because the first time the Elder Blood, the Blood of Elves, gets mentioned isn't this chapter, but in the vision that Ciri has at Kaer Morhen. Um, and then we have that mentioned again this chapter in the book that Villegafortz is reading and trying to, to hide behind magical screens. He's looking for Yennefer. Rience is looking for Yennefer and Ciri, at presumably Vilgefortz's behest. Philippa doesn't want anyone to know that Vilgefortz and Rience are working together to the point that she lets Rience escape. And now she's warning Geralt about Ciri being the flame that will set the world alight. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, things are happening. But Geralt does not give a shit about any of this. He just replies and says, My destiny, my choice, I'll tell you what I've chosen. I won't allow you to involve Ciri in your dirty machina machinations. I'm warning you, whoever dare harm Ciri will end up like those four lying here. I won't swear an oath. I have nothing by which to swear. I will simply warn you. You accuse me of being a bad guardian, that I don't know how to protect the child. I will protect her as best I can. I will kill. I will kill mercilessly. To be fair, parenting goals. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, I, I, I have to say it, like, you know, like, like, sorry, but I think objectively speaking, um, if you are ready to, like, murder pretty much anyone who endangers your child, that is, that is how it should be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good thing. He just does not give a shit about, like, the, 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 the what Siri is, or what the Brotherhood of Wizards wants, or what, um, any of this is. He just wants to protect Siri. <laughs> Like, frankly, Geralt is sort of bored by, like, all of the weird magic shit that Ciri is entangled in. He just, like, will literally kill anyone who endangers her, like, while at the same time not really giving a shit at all about, about, like, um, what, you know, um, like, 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 the, the, the fucking whatever this magical thing that she's entangled in is. Yeah, and yeah, as you say, parenting goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well done, Geralt. Dad of and... the year. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's it. That's the end of the chapter. Just after he gives that little speech, um, Philippa says she believes him, but not today because you're, you're about to faint from loss of blood. And that, that's basically the end of it. She calls on Chani to come help Geralt out, and that's the that's the that's it. That's the end of the chapter. <laughs> yeah, seriously, two whole episodes, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot well, going that's a on. big one. Because... Two whole episodes from this goddamn ass chapter. Like, well. Um... well because like the first half is like world building and like the political stuff that's going on in the background like because the thing is right we've got we've got the split between like the the sort of mundane powers of the world and the like magical powers of the world yeah and what these yeah, yeah. two different sides want because like the first half of the chapter that we talked about last time was like basically kings and neve wanting Siri, or then deciding they need to kill Siri because she represents, you know, the the she she well she is the true heir of Sintra, and she represents too much of a danger if she falls into Nilfgaardian hands. Um, and then we also know that Emir Emir wants Siri and is sent Kahir after 
her. And then now we know that Vilgefort wants Ciri for magical reasons that Philippa is involved in and has sent Rience after her. So there's like these two, there's these, these two things where the Nilfgaard and the kings want her for like who controls Sintra. And then there's also this thing where she is destiny and the flame that will there, set the world alight. She's clearly entangled somehow in Iflin's prophecy. That, I mean, I think that's, I think it's no, not really a spoiler to say that by this point because there have been enough hints that it's clearly... Yeah. something to do with her because yeah. the Vilgefortz segment really does confirm it when he is when he's examining the the books about about Ifleen's prophecy and the elder blood um and at the same time looking for Yennefer. Yes. Plus combine that with Ciri's visions where she's repeating it. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ciri is clearly somehow entangled in Ifleen's prophecy and that's why she's interested to anyone who's interested in magic. Um yeah. like and um, I also think, you know, like, there's something that has to be said about this chapter overall, like, I mean, is that uh, it is perhaps the most critical chapter of this book in terms of its implications for the series as a whole, mm-hmm. um, because it basically sets up, like, it more or less clearly sets up the entire central kind of worldwide conflict that the plot is centered around. Does that make sense? Like, um, like, yeah. like, like, it's... It's where it's where for the first time in the book we are clearly told what every individual power um, in the story finds so interesting about city well we're not we're not told clearly exactly what in at least some cases because we still don't know um, like how exactly she's involved in Nifleen's prophecy but like but but we're like it kind of lays out before us everyone who's involved in this like the kings Philippa, Vilgeforts, um, like, 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 and then, you know, like, on a mundane level, city is protected by a small, uh, you know, burgeoning, like, fucking, uh, crew of, like, you know, random heroes, uh, like, Geralt and Yennefer and, uh, even Dandelion and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, like, the entire, the, like, you can start to see the central conflict that, like, these books will probably be about start to take shape. Yeah. Exactly. And it's defined, I think, in the end by Geralt saying basically, I will kill anyone who touches a single hair on her body. <laughs> like Yeah. 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 Um so I think that seems like a good place to Yeah, wrap up. good 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 point to wrap it up, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, so um and that means that um next time we're on to the last chapter. Which probably, hopefully, get done in one episode. Um, so yeah, so, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. So that's our show. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again next time when we discuss the final chapter of Blood of Elves. Um, our music is Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Perny and Milislav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org, and you can find us as at the Witcher Cast on Twitter and Tumblr, or email us at castapodtierwitcher at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.